You're listening to The Fashion Detour, a show that provides insights into the minds of creatives within the fashion industry. My name is Michal Goldfein, and I'm sitting down with the creators to talk about their processes, their inspirations, and lessons they've learned along the way. Well, hi everyone. I am super excited. We have an amazing guest today. Her name is Yocheve Gross and she runs a beauty hair empire. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Um, thanks for having me here. This is so nice. Um, good. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing really well and I have so many questions to ask you. So, um, first it. of all, I just wanted to tell everyone that I really admire your, um, you know, your style, your aesthetic, how you make these creations. I think they're almost like art, really. You know, it's funny. I, I always say that. I always say that hair is, hair <laughs> is, um, is an art. Um, styling, designing, creating, shaping a person's face. It's the real, real art. Um, creating magic out of something so thin and small and short is, takes and it's yeah definitely an art that's for sure so how did you get into hair and beauty so it's funny I always say I was born with a brush in my hand um I always loved to play with hair and when my younger brother was um two before they cut his hair before his upturn I used to play with it all the time it was just something about it like making ponies and I was five years old he was two I was five six just making ponies, like, remember back then, the first you made the half a pony, then you made the whole pony, and then, like, topsy tail out of the half a pony, and I remember, like, feeling so good every time I would get it right, get the pony right, it just was amazing, and then after it was upturn, it cut it off, and I had nothing to play with anymore, so I had to move on to dolls, and my sister, and just anybody that would let me get my hands on their head, Wow! and then here we are, uh, 20 years, no, more, we're 28 years later. Wow, that's an amazing story. Yeah. So- <laughs> It's so cute. Does your brother know this? Yes, he does. We laugh about it all the time. Um, at some point, he did remember things. He did remember. I don't know if he remembers it so much like anymore, being that he's... How old is he now? He's 28. No, he's 20. Yeah, he's got to be 20, 29 now. He remembers it. Um, yeah, it was... It was... He had the most gorgeous hair, so anything that we did with it was... It came out beautiful, at least I thought, being the five, six-year-old. So can you walk me through your creative process? Like, how do you, a client comes in, do they bring you a picture? Is a collaborative effort? Like, how does that help? I love this question. Okay, so whenever people ask me beforehand for a simcha, they ask me if I need to see them beforehand so that we can decide on the style and they'll know in advance. And I always tell them, um that just sending me a picture of them or meeting them beforehand isn't so necessary because I need to see the full picture. Meaning, comes wedding day, I look at their gown, always. I will always ask to see the gown because the gown is amazing for inspiration. Does it have a collar? Does it have a turtleneck? Does it have a big bow on one shoulder? Does it have beading in the front? Does it have beading in the back? Is there a huge bow going across the back? Are there flowers going across diagonally from one shoulder down to the waist? So once you look at the gown, you look at the hair, the, the quality of hair you're going to be working on, and you look at the person's face, and you create 
a look. The client could definitely tell you what her vision was. You could say I had in mind, I was thinking, I was thinking of doing something up. I was thinking of doing something down. Um, but as far as actually creating the magic that, um, usually the client will leave up to me. If I feel uh, like doing something different than what the client is asking for, I will definitely tell them how I feel and I'll explain to them why I think that my suggestion would be great. If let's say there's a, the gown is, um, a turtleneck and she wants her hair down. Sometimes it's not such a great combination. Sometimes it's amazing. But if I feel like the client won't, it won't suit her, um, or won't look as nice as she can look, I would explain to her how the hair and the dress shouldn't fight each other. Sometimes hair and, and the hair and the, the dress fight each other. You know what I mean? Yes. Like if there's beading on the shoulders, you're not going to wear your hair all the way down. It's going to get knotted up. It's going to get entangled. It's going to get messy. So like, what are we accomplishing here? The hair gets messy. The beads are covered. So you're not hair. You're not dressed. I love when hair and, and face and gown complement each other. They work together. They don't fight each other. So um, as far as the creative process, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole, um, I always say I'm not just creating a hairstyle for the person. We're creating a look. Mm -hmm. We're putting everything together. Yeah, and you said that that uh, beauty and fashion don't connect, but they really do connect. No, not that they don't connect, but okay. they're different. Okay. Like okay. you had asked me earlier about fashion, I, and I was saying I'm not in fashion, I'm in beauty. Mm -hmm. Beauty and fashion are, are two different worlds. They definitely come together. Yeah. But they're in different worlds. Like, I'm not going to design a gown, but I will tell you how to wear your hair according to the design of the gown. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, a lot of times it's kind of, I, I do see what you're saying with the beading because a lot of looks, like, they'll have a focal point and you might not want, you're, you want, like, everything to flow together. Like, if there's right. so much going on over here and then you have something crazy going on, you don't, they, they, you want them to each have to their moment. Right, other. right. Like if there's a big bow going across the shoulders and in, in the back of somebody's gown, you're not wearing your hair down. How does that make any sense? Yeah. You're, the hair is going to get messy in the bow and it's going to get covered. And then what do we accomplish? So it's so important that when you are styling somebody for a wedding, when you're styling somebody's hair or wig for a wedding, you ask to see the full picture you know you ask to see the gown it's very very good for inspiration um also even just creating waves and curls like is it more of a soft um summery boho kind of vibe is it more of a heavier um velvety heavy beaded look that in my mind i would go with a different type of a curl you know i get very inspired when i see the person so that's why as far as you know my creative process starts when I look at the gown. Also, another thing which is very important is that a lot of times the client will give you pictures from Pinterest or they'll give you pictures of gorgeous hairstyle and that is not even close to what they're, what they have on their head. Mm. Um, and then that just becomes challenging sometimes. So that's also where me as a, an artist or as a stylist, I have to get creative to create something that's equally gorgeous and um, flattering for this client and will hopefully top the picture that she showed. So also this includes makeup. Like, do you take that into account? Do you tell clients to come with their makeup? No. No. I don't do makeup. I just do hair. Um, and every single makeup artist that I work with, and I've worked with dozens of makeup artists over the years, all different ages, stages, all different walks of life, all different 
um, styles of makeup. And I've never in 22 years of my career, I've never had to tell a makeup artist how to do her job or what to change. It's not my thing. It's not my thing at all. Um, I trust all of them. Like you see the hair, you see the gown. They also always ask to see the gown for coloring. They need to know what color shadows to do and what had a, I don't know, what color lip. Yeah. Um, I never get involved in makeup. Nope. I mean, if the client, if after the makeup is done, if the once in a while a client will ask me my opinion if I think the lips should be a little darker or the eyes should be a little softer but if I you know if I comment on it it's solely based on what I like my opinion which is not always so you know I'm not a makeup person so right. like if you're asking me if you should make your look darker maybe I would but then again that's just my taste if it's not your taste of the makeup artist's taste, my opinion really doesn't matter. Yeah. But I'll never offer advice on makeup, ever. So, do you ever do a regular, like, a day day looks, like, for people? Do they come in? Do they give you their shadows or anything like that? Or it's mainly, you know, for weddings, simphas, parties. weddings, parties, all of that? So, uh, that's an interesting question. Majority of my work is all weddings, like, 99.999%. I do have a small clientele and I keep it very very small because I don't I prefer to be busier with weddings and parties but I do have a small list of clients that um will wash their own wigs or they'll have it washed somewhere and then I style it for them um simply because the way they like their wig style they want it to last more than a few weeks they'd like to get a few months out of it so they bring me the wig and I do the styling whether it's the height or the curls or the waves um and then they have quite a long time out of it and that's yeah that's that's what I do for some people people who I'm like I've been have been grandfathered in people who I've been working with for like 15 years. I need to get on that list <laughs> <laughs> we can well, definitely I'll make that arrangement I'll take a number <laughs> <laughs> we could definitely work on that but I, I need to know the secret of how you get it to last so long <laughs> Well, um, if you want to hear my secrets to that, go to hairandblush.com. Okay. Um, I do share all my secrets over there. Okay. A lot of my secrets. There's no holding back over there. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's a matter of, it's a, you know, I always say like, shaitomaching and hairdressing are two different skills. It's like cooking and baking. They're both in the kitchen. Yeah, but they're two different worlds. Like you can have an amazing griller, somebody who can grill up the steak to perfection, but not out of a clue how to dress a cupcake. Yes. And vice versa, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like the same thing. Like every day, shaitomaching, cutting, coloring, styling every day, and then styling for weddings are same, same concept. Same, it's a similar field. Two different worlds, completely two different arts, two different skills. Um, so that's why I find that a lot of times shaitomachers won't be able to do wedding styling or like people who are in the wedding styling business won't cut wigs or color wigs it's yeah two different things so speaking to the whole like sharing tips and um you know tricks of the trade or how do you feel about empowering other women giving them opportunities to learn from you what do you think about that i think it's amazing and that that was how my other company here in bush was born it was simply based on the willingness to want to help others and give equal opportunity to people in any part of the world who wanted to learn. That was that is the foundation of our Well, I definitely struggle with that sometimes because I think that in today's day and age, you know, on Instagram you there's this like competitive nature to everything yeah. that we do that's underlying it and you kind of have to like check in with yourself and say like, okay, you know, it's okay if someone is doing X. 
and I'm not doing it. Or, you know, you don't have to be good at everything. You have to be good at what you do. Right. So I've learned, I mean, I have Instagram for four years now, I think, four and a half, four, five years, four years. I don't even know who's counting. (laughs) Um, And I've learned so much. I've learned so much. Okay, so first of all, number one, Instagram can be a great place if you surround yourself with great people or people that inspire you and people that make you feel good about yourself. Um, Instagram is... It, it's funny, like, if you're going to be looking at other people, and I, I say this to myself also, and I've, I've learned that, you know what, everybody has their thing in life. Everybody's busy doing what they're doing. Never try to do things because other people are doing it. People will see right through it. People will see the falseness. They'll see the fakeness. And then it just, I don't know. I, I as far as like my own Instagram account, I just, I do me. This is me. I don't, I'm not going to share too much about my personal life. I am going to share a little bit here and there when I feel that it's appropriate. Um, I'll do certain things because I want to do them, not because Yenim is doing it. Um, and you know, for the followers that like that, it's enough. For the followers that don't like it and want to leave, that's totally your choice and that's fine. My, I'm not going to do things that don't make sense to me just to gain more fame and popularity on social media. That's not who I am. Um, so as far as like looking at what other people are doing, let's say in the hair business, right? Because that's what I'm in. So there are plenty of girls doing tons of different things other than hair. Tons of girls that are in the hair business that are doing tons of other things that have nothing to do with hair. And that's great for them. That's awesome. If it's working for them, that's great. But I'm going to do me. I do me, do you, and that has to be enough. And if you, um, let's say as a as a influencer, a fashion blogger, right. um, if you go in with that mindset, like it's going to make your life so much easier because you're doing you and that's enough. Yeah, and that's okay. You don't have to do other things. You don't have to do more because someone else just did. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it'll take away the stress. Right. Like, (laughs) yes. Yes. Oh my God. I'm telling you, the minute you come to that conclusion... It's like this weight gets lifted off your shoulders of like, you know what? I really don't need to be killing myself to do all these other things just to make myself look bigger and and cooler. And like, you are enough. Yeah. It's funny I'm saying that because I've always said that, but but Dahlia Ozeal has this thing now where she says, I am enough. And it just came this huge trend and it's beautiful. And I love, I love it. Um, that was like with her, her filters, her, she was like, bang, she was like talking people starting this movement of taking away filters and cause you are enough. And I feel like that concept applies to this so much too, because whatever you're doing on social media, whatever you choose to share, whatever you choose not to share, that is your business and that is okay. And that is enough for the people that appreciate it. They'll stick around for the people that don't appreciate it. You don't want them to stick around. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it just, it maintains when you do you, it just maintains good energy. It's good vibes and people see the realness of it and they see that you're not trying to be someone that you're not. Yeah, I agree. I definitely always strive to just be myself. Um, and I'm always worried, you know, sometimes, I see other, you know, other people or other accounts and I'm like, oh no, I hope I don't sound like that. Or I hope I don't, cause you know, like it becomes, it could become gimmicky. Like you could see through it. That's basically what you're saying. You could definitely see through it. And I think that I've learned a lot 
just, you know, doing the interviews and, you know, my articles and everything that um, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that I've gotten. So that's, that's a pretty, that's pretty good. You know, I think every most people are, at least the people that I work with are really genuine. And they, they say that, you know, they just stay in their lane and focus what they on what they do best. And it's great. It's really great. Right. It's just be like I said, just be you and run with it. Like be you. And you know what? If you choose to share things on one day and you choose not to share things the other day, that, that's fine. And for, let's say as a hairdresser, right? There are days where I'll post things that I'm out story throughout my day of doing things and people are like, oh my God, it's so cool. And then there are days where I don't story at all, but that doesn't mean I'm not working. That just means either I'm on the move or I'm too busy or I'm just taking a break from social media, you know, and that's okay. That yeah. is fine. And like, regardless of my work status, that has nothing to do with um what makes a person cool or not, you know, like doing three bars a day, four bars a day. Yeah, I've done that many times. And sometimes I share it and people are like dumbfounded. And then there are other times where, you know what, not everybody needs to know everything all the time. Right. There's also TMI. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find that yes, sometimes yes. there's like a big... Yes. We don't need to know if you brushed your teeth this morning and like, you know, whatever, what toothpaste you used or I, I, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. We don't need to know every single detail. I agree. Definitely. Definitely. So let's... Let's talk about some some hair trends. I shouldn't say trends because, you know, it's more about what speaks to you. It doesn't have to be like what's hot or what's in. But what are some hairstyles that you're loving right now or some, you know, what are you gravitating towards? So that is a very loaded question. Believe it or not, um, it depends on what crowd I'm working because I cater to so many different crowds. I work with the Syrians, the Hasidim, the Rebish, the Yeshivish, the modern Orthodox, the Litvish, and everything in between. So when you say like what's trending now, you have to be more specific for which crowd, for which type, for what age, for what um what are you the bride are you the sisters so like there's a lot that goes into um me choosing the trending styles for the client depending on depending on who they are wow okay like i'm like i'll give you an example like there are times where let's say a mother um will call me up and ask me um let's say i'm not available to their sim class so they'll ask me for a recommendation and a lot of times i'll ask the mother what high school did your daughter go to so the, the mother's usually like, what does it have to do with anything? So it's very simple. Did your daughter go to Bisako Bar Park? Did your daughter go to Satmar? Did your daughter go to Veen? Did your daughter go to Teret? Did your daughter go to YOB? All of those high schools make such a big difference of who I'm going to recommend for here. Because if your daughter went to Satmar, I'm not going to recommend... Not that I'm not going to recommend, but I don't think it would be... Um, like, I would, I would want to cater... I would want to recommend somebody that I know can cater to your needs. Um, as somebody that is part of that community. Um, and if somebody that was more trending, somebody that was more, let's say, modern orthodox and wanted a recommendation, then I would recommend somebody that I feel would have an easier time catering to that crowd. So I always ask, like, what high school did you, did you go to? Or like, where you live? Like, what's your, give me a little bit more of an idea of who you are. I can't just give you a recommendation. Wow. I don't want to set anybody up for a problem. Not the artist or the, or the, um, Boston club. Yeah. I, I really never thought of it like that, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I mean, I, so let's take, okay, let's just take one community, for example, let's say like the Syrian community. Okay. So what type of look would their styles have never changed? They really? They don't, they haven't changed in actually, they are the first community that I worked in 20 years ago. 
one or two years ago, the first wedding I ever did, the first family I ever did and got paid for doing their job was Syrian family. Um, and they're, they, the traditional bridal, like this typical Syrian bridal look is a middle part, flat waves, the headpiece very close up and the veil right behind. They don't do height. Maybe, maybe over the last couple of years, a few of them have done height. I've done Syrian brides that did some height behind the headpiece. But they've always been doing the big bouncy finger waves or the big bouncy um, curls. Um, that's oh, with the middle part. That's been their thing for years, as long as I can remember being in the hair business. They've been doing that. So cool. Do you often use like embellishments, like flowers or All crystals? The All the time. One thing I always say though, it's really just it's a matter of taste, and we can never argue taste. Some people love jazz in the hair. Some people don't. So really, if you come with jazz, we put it in. If you don't um, and you want it, then I will try to figure out where to pull it out of. Um, but really, that's all up to the client. What was the most unique thing that someone came with and said, put this in my hair? Anything crazy? Um, it wouldn't be something that they gave me. It would be something that I had recommended. Something unique. I've done crazy things like years ago, like 12, 13 years ago, I was in a wedding hall and they didn't have anything to put in the hair and the girl desperately wanted something. So I took crystals off of one of the chandeliers or one of the sconces and we just kind of draped it through her hair. And then after the wedding, she took it out and like put it right back. Um, <laughs> so that was interesting. That was cool. Um, what else? I've taken like wintertime, I've taken white branches and like created a little tree-like ornament in somebody's hair once. Um, I've, I mean, I've cut feathers off of gowns, I've cut like flowers off of gowns. Um, no, I can't think of anything on the spot, but I've done, I've done many different headpieces on the face. Um, hmm, oh, I've done a lot of different Wow. Have you faced a lot of challenges throughout your career? Yeah, sure. Oh, challenges in so many different areas. Um, the number one being the juggling the mom thing and the work thing. People ask me all the time how I do both. Um, it's very simple. I mean, it's not simple, but the easiest way to explain it is that, um, Everybody has a science to their life. There's a science in my life. And you just have to figure out what works for you. Um, I've had to miss certain things because of work. I've had to miss family sometimes. I've had to miss um, when my older kids were younger. I missed like the beginning of graduation. So it ran late. So I was working. Or I missed certain um, events at night because I was working. Um, as I got older... And I realized that, you know what, some things are just not worth it. Like, I don't, I, I would, I would like to um, be able to attend a full graduation. So I started, I got smarter after, when I had my third kid. I called up the, I would get the calendar, the school calendar at the beginning of the year, and I would mark off those dates. And if there were no dates, I would call the teachers and I would say, look, you know, if you're ever planning a, a homish play, a sitter play, graduation, or a mommy-daughter day, if you can give me like the most advanced notice, that would be amazing so that I can plan accordingly. Because a lot of times you get the note comes home. Yes. Homish plays tomorrow or Yay! in three days. And you're like... <laughs> Oh, uh, exactly. Like at that point for me, it's so last minute to reschedule. Um, So over the years, after realizing that like if I don't figure out a way to make it work, then I will continue to miss out. Those are going to be the things my kids remember. And I, don't, I really, I don't, want, I don't want them to remember that mommy didn't do it. So I did miss out on a few with my older kids. I made up for it with my younger kids. <laughs> um, but that, that, is a, that can be challenging, juggling both. 
Um, other challenges, um, other challenges. Okay, this one is super challenging sometimes. Um, having to be the mediating mothers and daughters. Mm. Mommy wants a certain look, daughter wants a different and both of them won't let up. And then if it's complicated, who do you please? The one wearing it or the one paying for it? Yeah. So I find myself being the therapist, the advocate, the mediator, the uh, you name it, just to be able to make peace sometimes. It's not very often that these things happen. But every once in a while they do and it, it's that that becomes super challenging. Yeah. Super challenging. So I've, 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 I've learned to get ahead of it. Meaning, if I walk into a situation and I see that this is what's happening, you can tell right away. Mom wants it like this, 18-year-old daughter wants it like that, and they're both being so, so firm about their opinion. Then I just look at them before I even start. It's very simple. And I look at them and I tell them, it's very simple. Okay, someone here is not going to be happy. I have one head with two very strong opinions about what they want. And I can only do one one of them. I cannot create both looks on one head. So someone here is going to be very, very unhappy. So between the both of you, please tell me who's going to be the least of the very unhappy. And, you know, we'll work from there. Because I'm not going to go and start doing what you want, then switching it to what you want, then switching it back to what you want. Like, it's not going to work. So you guys haven't figured it out till now with who's getting the style that they want. Mm -hmm. Then either you're going to let me decide or we're just going to all come up with, with this agreement that's on front. <laughs> right. But at least, you know, you've been upfront about it and kind of like, you know, stating it as that that's a fact. That's right. the way that it's going to be. Right. Because a lot of times, right, people go into it thinking like, oh, I, in the end, I'm going to get it the way that I want it, or it's going to be a mixture of both, which probably is so not realistic. Like, how will you do that if they're like two polar opposites? Right. Sometimes I'm able to come up with something in between that both of them are happy. But on a rare occasion where I could already see between both personalities, no, it's not. Somebody's going to be unhappy. I'll just tell them from the beginning. I don't want any of them to have an expectation that they're that they're both going to be thrilled if they won't be. Like, I don't want to miss it. I'm here to make you, I'm here to make you guys happy. But the way I'm seeing it, it does seem like one of you that. And I'm just apologizing in advance, but someone's going to do. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Even with that one person, it's hard to please that one one yeah. vision, you know? And as an artist, it's very challenging because I like to make people happy. I love that feeling when people get up from my chair, feel beautiful. And they're smiling and they're happy and they're excited. And then it's amazing. But when I have the opposite, again, very rarely, where the mother is not happy because the daughter got what she wanted or the daughter's not happy because the mother got what she wanted. It's not a good feeling. It's not. I don't feel accomplished. Even though I did what one of them wanted and one of them is happy, it's not. It's not the best. Yeah. So that that, that does that. Like, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. And I think that that, like, mother-daughter relationship, you know, I think we, even in everyday life, I see that struggle. You know, you want your daughter to wear X and she wants to wear Y or, you know, it, it's... I think, and a lot comes out, I'm sure, when you, when they're sitting in your chair, you know? Yes. yes. Um, all the time. It happens all the time. It's easier when they're younger kids because I bribe them or I can tell them that it's much easier when they're younger. But when they're, when they're teenagers, like, forget it. People ask me all the time why I don't cut. And I always tell them because I like to make people happy. And cutting hair for some girls is trauma. And I, I just, I did it for years and I was just... I got so sick of having people cry in my chair because the mother wants it four inches short and the daughter wants it at half a centimeter. 
Mm. And then we compromise with two inches and the daughter all of a sudden feels now that she's bald and she needs extensions and she has no hair left on her head, even though I mean, you guys can't see. I'm like putting my fingers together, like making an inch space. Like that's how much I cut. But to them, all of a sudden they have no more hair left on their head. And for some girls, it's for teenagers, it's traumatic. And I made that decision and I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I like to make people happy. I don't want to be part of it. Girls are going to be crying. I can't. It's not like, yeah. So then I gave away my scissors. I gave them up. Uh-huh. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So nobody can con me into it. Like, some people would do that. I would show up the day of the wedding. They'd be like, no, just trim it. I'd be like, sorry, I don't have scissors. I don't even have cut any. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Best decision. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Lace shade dolls versus regular shade dolls. I don't know. Um. Okay, that's a whole topic. <laughs> a lot of people, it's funny, people keep asking me why I don't wear lace. People keep asking me what my opinions are on lace. I think I'm going to do a live and just talk about it because mm-hmm. it's it's a... So it's a hot topic. It's not that simple. The answer is not so straightforward. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm going to, I'm going to do, I feel like I have to do that live sooner than later. Like I was thinking about like doing it in the next few days because it keeps coming. Um, I do have a lot to say on the matter and I, I just, I think I just need to do it right. So I'm going to do that. Okay, fine. I will tune into that. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely tuning in. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, nothing, nothing against anybody. Everybody does. So it works for them. Um, yeah. Just, you know, just have my take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people really do look beautiful in them. Uh, I think, I guess it's with anything, you know, you see really good ones. You see really not good ones. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Right. We'll see. I tried on my sister-in-law's and it was like so light and it looks really good on her. Um, so... I'm debating. I'm still on the fence. When lace is good, like I'll just say this, um, with lace, when they're good, they're amazing. When they're not great, they're awful. Yeah. There's no in between. At least I haven't seen. I don't want to say it like the sheet though. There's no in between. <laughs> yes. But I haven't seen an in between. Yeah. I, I've seen amazing ones and I've seen awful ones. It's when when they're bad, they're they're just they're really bad. Like uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy. I agree with you a hundred percent. So it's a gamble. Right. That's basically what it is. Like everything yeah. in life. <laughs> yeah, I know, gamble. I know. Um speaking of the mothers and daughters, and I think, you know, imparting confidence to our children is really important. Obviously, it starts from within, but do you feel that, you know, your hair and feeling good on the outside can instill some kind of confidence on the inside? Absolutely. Absolutely. There have been many times, many, many, many times where um, I'll get messages a day after a SIM call from a parent saying that their daughter felt amazing. She felt gorgeous the whole night. Um, not even as the Kala, as the 15-year-old sister. She looked beautiful and she felt beautiful. Not always do people feel the way they look. So when you feel amazing, when you look amazing and you feel amazing, all of a sudden your confidence shoots up out of the sky. Um, and when I get these messages from parents and they, they, the mother will text me and say she felt amazing all night. You could see she was radiating like she just she shined that that's a great feeling to be able to give that to for these girls to have the confidence to walk through their siblings right and feel like they own like if they feel beautiful that's huge you can only do that with nice. so yeah definitely it's important to look good it's important it, like i don't want to say it's important to look good on the outside you know to an extreme but you it's important to if you feel like i said before feel good but the way you look feel good mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah yes 
I agree. I, it's, and part of it is the take, the time that you took to get to that. Like, I feel like when you give yourself that 10 minutes in front of the mirror, you feel better. Right. Like, I can't explain it. If I just put on, shoved the tussle on my head like Yom Kippur, you know, like right. I didn't do a thing. You know, I didn't, there is something about that ritual, you know, right. of the time that it took, you know, that you gave yourself. Right. That almost... You but know, even the thing in the morning when you get dressed, right? You'll have five sweaters in the closet. You put on one sweater. Mm, I'm not loving it today. I'm not feeling it today. Take it off. You put on the other one. Yeah, this is perfect. All of a sudden, you feel great. You you feel good. You look good. You you own the day. It's yours. The next day, you could put on the first sweater and say, "Oh, I feel amazing today in this sweater." So it's not. It's just it, you know you part of of styling people's hair for wedding part of being with the family the day of the wedding is making them feel so good that they will enjoy this plus so much more right when you like how many times have i don't know if you've ever had this experience in your life but there have been times where i've gone to some clubs as a guest believe it or not you get to be a guest every once in a while um and i didn't do that simcha and you could see that you know the girl like if somebody wasn't so happy with her makeup she wasn't so happy with her hair and like you could see they're not smiling as much. They're not happy as much. They're like constantly in front of the mirror, like fixing, pinning, or touching up their makeup. And like you could see that they're not so happy. And it's unfortunate. You shouldn't be in front of the mirror. You should get yeah. it done, feel good, and move on. You know, and enjoy the night. Yes, 100%. What are your goals for the future of your, your brand? Mm -hmm. What are my goals? To just continue doing what I'm doing. Continue doing me. Um, continue inspiring other hairstylists to create their own magic, do their own thing, um, just to, you know, inspire other moms that work, show them that it can be, you can do both, um, inspire ASD moms, I have a, you see up there, um, it says Autism Mom Awareness, I have a child mm -hmm. with autism, um, I do like to inspire those moms as much as I can, we all can use that. Um, you can work, you can be the mom of a special needs kid, you can be the mom of a typically developing kids. You can do it, yeah. Uh, do it at your own pace, do it at your own level, do what makes you happy, do what makes you feel good, do what brings you satisfaction. Do it, don't hold back, and never doubt your capabilities. A person is a mom, is a human, you got this. Well, whatever it is, yeah. whatever it is that you want to do, go for it, run after it, because you can do it. We can all do it. That's real chizuk right there. <laughs> Seriously, Thank I mean, um, it's very inspiring, and I think that it speaks to a lot of people, you know, what you're saying, and we all could use it, because, listen, everybody has that mom guilt, no matter what you do, right? I tell you, I Even said if you were this. home all day, every day, you would somehow find something to feel guilty about. I was just talking to um, a neighbor of mine the other day, she was um, feeling mom guilt, she was feeling whatever, just whatever situation I looked at and I was like you know mom guilt will kill you way faster than Clara. like whatever her situation yeah. was that she was going through um mom guilt is a real thing um and it, it's there to stay because we're moms and the minute that the minute you have that child you want to do everything for that child and be there for that child and there are going to be times where you won't be able to do what you want to do for that child and that's okay um and mom guilt is, is going to kill you but You'll get past it. You'll realize that that's part of life. And that's okay. And everything else that you're doing is 
Yeah. And I do think it's true that when you're when you're accomplishing your goals and you're feeling successful, you're feeling proud of yourself for what you've done and it on an outside of the family, you definitely bring that in, you know, to the home. Like you feel good. If you feel like you oh, accomplished, yeah. you're like a you're in a better mood. You're, you know, ready yes. to tackle whatever is coming your way at home because you, you know, you've given to yourself that time and Right. Yeah. I also feel like, you know, again, everybody has to know what their capabilities are and everybody has to know what their limits are um but i do feel like it's important for moms to get out um whether it's going for a walk in the morning whether it's getting a part-time job whether it's getting a full-time job whether it's volunteering for some organization or going to lunch with friends it's super super important for a mom to take care of herself and not feel guilty about it um because if mom doesn't take care of herself then the kids won't be can't forget about yeah Thank you so much for coming, for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. This was lovely. Yes, it was. I feel like I got, a, we all got a glimpse into your world, but, you know, it was really um, enlightening and uh, some really good words of wisdom. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This was very, very lovely. I appreciate you having me here. And um, we should just, you know, share good news soon. We should just continue to inspire others and you should continue the good work that you're doing to inspire others to to be the best that they can be and to continue working on themselves to accomplish yeah agree thanks again thank (laughs) you no problem thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the fashion detour I'm available for personal styling and personal shopping. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can always reach out to me through my email, michal at thefashiondetour.com. And on Instagram, you're welcome to direct message me at The Fashion Detour for any of your shopping and styling needs and questions. Thank you so much and have a great week.
break it down to you and me uptown dancing all around till the disco ball pops but i have to be me and everyone can see your anger is misplaced 